Leviticus 15 podcast, where you'll receive Bible study tools and tips in just 15 minutes. Hey there, welcome back to the Focus 15 podcast. This is Chris and Katie Orr, and you're listening to episode 9. Today we are back with another What You Need to Know About episode in which we look at a book of the Bible and look at important things like the author, the audience, the aim, or the reason why it was written. And so we're excited that you're back, and today we're going to tackle the Gospel of Luke. So my husband, Chris, here is going to tell us about this. He is very knowledgeable about the Bible. He has two degrees, almost two degrees. He's about to graduate with a doctorate of ministry at Southern Seminary. And so, anyway, he knows what he's talking about. So, all right, Chris, what do we need to know about Luke? Well, with an introduction like that, uh, I can only go downhill from here. (laughs) All right, so uh, Luke is one of the uh, four Gospels in the New Testament. So a Gospel is is an account of the life of Jesus. And uh, Luke is very interesting. In fact, Luke was the first book of the Bible that I ever preached through um, when I first became a pastor. And so Luke is near and dear to my heart. I love the way that he uh, writes. I love the way that he um, does things. So Luke is, by training and by trade, he's a doctor. He's a physician. And we know that he came from Antioch. Antioch is the town and the church that uh, where people are first called Christians. It's the church that Paul uh, sets off on his missionary journeys from. And uh, so he is one of the members there at the church at Antioch, and he becomes so captivated by the gospel and by the cause of Christ that he um, he sets out to kind of change professions, and uh, he becomes a, a missionary and, a, and a, I guess you could call him like a field journalist almost. So the very first uh, uh, verse of Luke, he, he talks about and tells us the reason that he's writing the, the gospel. And to that, especially for episodes and things like this, we have to say, thank you, Luke. Thank you for doing that <laughs> because you make our job so much easier. But Luke 1.1 says, And as much as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, just as those were from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers, of the word have delivered them to us. It seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may have certainty concerning the things you have been taught. So right there, we we know the author, we know the audience, and we know the aim from the first four verses of Luke's gospel. And so Luke is the author. He's, uh, his audience is a man named Theophilus, and because of his name uh, being a Greek-sounding name, uh, we believe that Theophilus was a, a Gentile Christian. He'd come to the faith, but he was probably also a very wealthy individual, maybe even a prominent individual, may, had, may have had some sort of government role. Uh, but nonetheless, Luke calls him most excellent Theophilus. Now, um, that might be something like you can kind of like call your friends, you know, ironically, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here with the most excellent Katie Orr, uh, but really when Aww. when when Luke's writing that, uh, he's not just uh, he's not just flattering Theophilus. That's probably an indication of his rank and his role in society. Mm-hmm. That here's Theophilus, a a very wealthy man who's come to Christ, and now he wants to know about the life of Jesus. And it's per, it's possible, even perhaps, that Theophilus has hired Luke to write this book for him. And so Luke has gone around then and been able to compile these stories 
and, and, and interview witnesses to be able to put them in book form so that Theophilus understands the gospel. So that's his audience, that's his aim. And, um, uh, and then the other kind of second half of that is that he also, Luke writes another book in the New Testament for the same reason. He writes the book of Acts. And again, he addresses Acts to Theophilus. He says in the first book, as he's referring back mm-hmm. to the gospel. And so really you can think of Acts as a two-volume series uh, so Luke Acts, as some people will call it, it's a two two volume series, all written by Luke to this man named Theophilus, to help him understand what Jesus was up to in the gospel, and then what how how the the church kind of forms in in the book of Acts. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's kind of a odd question, I guess. This bugs my type A organizational whatever. If Luke and Acts were written together, why don't they put them next to each other? Like, why isn't it Matthew, Mark, John, Luke, Acts? That yeah, seems good. to make more sense to me. Yeah, good question. So if I was organizing it, that's what I would mm-hmm. do. Um, my guess is that it's put with the synoptics, uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Which we talked about last That's right, in, in the Mark episode. episode or not it, the last episode, the, the, the Mark episode. Yes, Mark we, episode. In the Mark episode, we talked about what it means that it's a synoptic. Synoptic means uh, sin together, not S I N S Y N. S Y N. Sin together, like sinking something. That's right. Mm-hmm. And then optics or seen. So it's these these gospels can be seen ah, together. Uh-huh. It's like they they you can see how they fit together. Uh-huh. John's the oddball. He's the outlier. He, his gospel is very different from Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And uh, my guess is they put Luke at the end of that synoptic group because it's more similar to those. But yeah, if it was me, I think I'd put mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe um, you know maybe John in between Matthew and Mark or, or something. I, I don't know. But but if it bugs you that much, th- there's there's nothing saying that you can't like uh, print out your own copy of yeah. Luke and Acts and like <laughs> staple them together. Okay, what else do we need to know about Luke? Okay, so we haven't talked about when it was written. So because Luke and Acts are connected, and we believe that he's compiling and writing all this stuff about the same time, even though these things happen over the course of 40, almost 50 years, as he finishes Acts, we know what we know about the time he finishes Acts because of what's going on and what he doesn't mention that's going on. So in 65, you probably heard of uh, the Roman Caesar named Nero, who was a very wicked man, and it's uh, reported uh, that he was actually, that, that Rome was set ablaze, and a huge portion of the city is, is on fire, and he's reported to be on his roof fiddling, um, and then he turns <laughs> around and blames that fire on Christians and persecutes the church. So that's, that starts in 65. So given that Luke was so detailed in all the things that he had written, um, the fact that he leaves out the persecution of the church under Nero means that he probably finished writing Luke and Acts before that happened. somewhere around 62, sometime before 65 A.D. So 62 A.D. is when we think that Luke and Acts were written. So that's something we hadn't mentioned yet that I think is important. Well, I would imagine this was something that took him a very long time to write, too. He probably didn't write it all in a day. Yeah. Right? So maybe, I mean, and he wasn't writing firsthand, right? Or yeah. Some of- so... Yeah, he's not writing firsthand because, again, he is not one of the original disciples or mm-hmm. one of the original apostles of Jesus. Uh, he's connected to Paul. Paul is considered an apostle, and so Paul is able to give credence and credibility to Luke's writing, and he's able to say, yes, this is true, or no, this is not true. Um, and so he, Luke is connected to Paul 
because Paul is uh, he's setting out on his missionary journeys from that church at Antioch. Luke's a member there at the church at Antioch, and so he go he accompanies Paul um, on his journeys. He's he's uh, he's with Paul uh, during his imprisonments back and forth, and so uh, so Luke is connected to Paul. That's why that's why it was accepted as scriptural uh, during the early. Uh, the early church, and from its earliest days in written mm-hmm. form, it, it was it, it was seen as very helpful to the church. Um, so he's connected to Paul. Um, and now I'm blank. What was the original question? If Luke was an eyewitness to the account yeah, so, that he was writing about, okay, so he's not an eyewitness to any. Paul wouldn't really, have been either. Yeah, they're not really eyewitnesses to what happened in Luke, mm-hmm. but, but he was probably eyewitnesses to some of the stuff that happened in. Acts. Right. So yeah. Primarily the the later half of the book of Acts. Yeah. It's interesting to think about it too. Just the importance of them writing these and actually reading the Francine. I've been on a Francine Rivers kick. I I put it off forever because I thought, oh, it's just gonna be cheesy. I don't know why I thought it was cheesy, but oh my goodness, I can't get enough of these books. And I just read the Mark of the Lion series, which is after the burning of Rome, and I can't remember exactly how far back but it's like the it's all about the Colosseum and the not all about but a lot of it is about that time about the gladiators and so you follow one one of the the men that was a gladiator and you follow a, a girl that ends up in the arena you know being attacked by animals and stuff and so it was really interesting but it's all from the perspective of the church you know you so you see the church suffering during this time where was i going with that about um, oh, okay, so, but but in those books, you know, you and of course it's all fiction, but she did a lot of, you know, research historically and everything. But they had, they didn't have a Bible. You know, they had the Old Testament, but many of them didn't even have a copy of the Old Testament themselves. They relied heavily on all of these stories and getting a letter from Paul or Peter, you know, that, that it was infusing them with the truth they desperately needed to get through the horrific things that they were going through. And so to hear the miracles of Jesus again with a fresh, or maybe not even a fresh perspective, but they hadn't heard everything about Jesus. They may just have heard a little bit about Jesus and they heard that, you know, that he is the Messiah and that he's coming, but they didn't hear the fullness. So every time they're getting each of these letters, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, it's like fueling their faith more and more because they don't have newspapers. They don't have podcasts. They don't have the internet. To get it was all by word of mouth, and so am I. Am I totally making this up? No, but, I think you're right. And I think if they did have podcasts, they would go on iTunes and review those yeah. podcasts, <laughs> and they would say uh, say five stars, uh, definitely. Uh, oh to gosh, those, to those podcasts. I don't even know if you can consider that shameless plug. I don't know. No, it's pretty shameless. Yeah, shame. I'm like cowering. No, yeah, just kidding. <laughs> her face is a, a shade of red that I've never seen in our 13 years of marriage. Oh. So, but anyway, so it's like these today we know so much about Jesus because we've heard about it, but these new believers were still putting the pieces together of what actually happened. Mm-hmm. And so these gospels were so important because they were the life of Christ. Yeah, and you know, going back to Luke's profession. So obviously they didn't have like cat scans and MRIs um <laughs> in, in the 1st century. But that's not to say that being a physician wasn't a respected trade that um, that required a lot of training mm-hmm. to do. And so 
Did I you say that already that Luke is a physician? I did say I'm sorry. It, I, I missed that. I mean, I knew that, but then I missed that you said it. Yeah. So, so you weren't listening. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, as penance, you'll need to go on and review our podcast. <laughs> oh, um, no. So, yeah. So, I, I think it's instructive and helpful for us to remember that he was a physician because, mm-hmm. as a physician, he's going back and he's hearing eyewitness accounts of miracles. Mm-hmm. And so, you have a man who's sitting there listening to these miracles. And he's like, okay, I'm putting my, literally, I'm going to put my name on this book. Mm-hmm. And uh, being a man of medicine, a man of science, he's not going to do that unless he is convinced that the that the people who are telling him these stories of these miraculous things, that, that there's truth behind it. And so sometimes we try to pit, you know, science against uh, Christianity. And we and we try to say, well, if, if we can't explain it with with science and we can't believe it um but to to remove all i think to remove all the the supernatural you remove all christianity mm-hmm. because all i mean you know we don't people we don't observe people being you know born of virgins or resurrected right. from the dead or you know all of god being put in into a man like we don't see that day to day and so it's hard for us to observe that scientifically but here's luke he's a man of science a man of medicine and he sees these two worlds kind of coming in uh, collision course and and he's not he's not kind of turning his nose up at the miraculous mm-hmm. at the supernatural he's reporting it as if it's fact and the only reason he's able to do that is because he's interviewing these people and he's he's able to corroborate what they're saying um almost like a detective mm-hmm. would and so he's not going to put his name on a book that that has you know these obvious lies he's he's not going to put in something in the in his gospel or in Acts that that's an outright lie that he knows is a lie and then purported to be truth. I think that would go against not only um, the the morality that he talks about Jesus teaching all throughout his gospel, but it would also mm-hmm. get, go against his sensibilities as a as a physician. So it is important, I think, that we have these men of of, of various um, backgrounds writing because they're able to to kind of lend their own voice. And uh, and kind of show us from different angles. This. Mm-hmm. So why do we have four gospels? Why do we have four accounts? Because we're able to see Jesus mm-hmm. from some different, slightly different angles. Mm-hmm. And so I appreciate the perspective that Luke brings <clears throat> as a physician, as a man of science. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting point because I have science backgrounds, a science nerd, and I think science people or whatever we tend to be more analytical, more black and white. Things are black and white, and you hear these crazy weird stories, and whether externally definitely internally sometimes you know rolling our eyes like please that's not possible and so that it does give it even more credence that that luke the analytical black and white doctor is saying yeah this stuff is true this is because if if he had any doubt my guess is he would have left it out you know that's what i would (laughs) i would i would be like yeah let's just leave that part off yeah so. Hard to put your name on something if you don't. Yeah, it's true. And so, but again, with all these things, it's important to remember that the Bible says that it is inspired by the Spirit of God. And so, I'm sure that that sounds know, like another podcast episode. Yes, it does. We'll we'll put that on our list. So, <laughs> all right. Anything else we need to know in our last seconds together? Review the podcast. Oh gosh. <laughs> oh my goodness. Just kidding. <laughs> But no, seriously, do that. We do love them, though. They're so fun to read. But we're glad you're here. Thanks for listening to this episode, and we'll catch you next time. See you guys. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you've enjoyed these tips, share it with a friend. 
to learn more about Chris and Katie and the Focused 15 ministry, go to Focused15.com. Have a great week.